Pray that the Lord would bless us as we lift up his name. Let's do it now. Here we go. One, two, three, four.
Our scripture reading comes to us from the second chapter of Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and, and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Christ to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east was ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the gospel of the Lord. Greetings in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, our Epiphany King. Amen. I'm sure this has happened to you before, but isn't it frustrating when you're on the interstate and you know that your exit is coming up because the signs have told you that, and yet there's cars darting in and out of your lane, and uh, finally uh, you realize, whoops, I just missed the exit. You missed the sign. Well, today on this Epiphany weekend, we don't want to miss the signs of God revealing himself to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Our text today is from Matthew chapter 2, and it's the story of the Magi and how God gave them signs that they beheld, which led them to Jesus. We have signs today that are leading us also to him, and we praise God for those signs. Well, let's just look a little bit more carefully at the, the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. First of all, who were these people that came seeking the promised Messiah? The first verse in Matthew chapter 2 says that they were magi from the east. The actual word magi is the plural form of the word magician. Now, most assume that there were three of these magi since they offered them three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, but we don't really know that. Uh, There were more than one, so it could have been two, three, it could have been 20. And besides just wise men, there were probably females in their group as well. In doing some research, we find that scholars have known the importance of these magi in history. Uh, One article said that because of their combined knowledge of science, agriculture, history, and the occult, they became the most important group of advisors in the entire Medo-Persian Empire. In fact, no Persian ever became king without mastering the scientific and religious disciplines of the Magi and then being approved and crowned by fellow Magi. 
The fact that these magi got an immediate hearing when they came to Jerusalem after following the star with King Herod, Herod the Great, shows just how important they were. Well, what were they looking for? Verse 2 says that they asked the question, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. According to our text, God gave these learned men a sign that a royal king had been born. And they followed the sign, which was the star. And the star led them to Palestine. Jerusalem was the capital of Palestine, so it was kind of natural that they would go there first. God's divine plan of salvation, though, was nearly killed as the Magi made a fundamental mistake. They sought the newborn king in the palace of King Herod. Now, you would think that's where the prince would live. That's where the king would be. So naturally, they went there to find this promised one of God, the king of the Jews. But the Magi didn't know how terrible King Herod was. They didn't realize that he ruled by fear. They didn't realize that he was utterly ruthless to get everything that he wanted. They didn't know that the older that Herod got in his 44-year reign, the more suspicious he became. In fact, any, any rival to his power was completely eliminated. He killed his wife. He killed his wife's mother. He even killed three sons. It was the Roman, Roman Emperor Augustus once said bitterly that it was safer to be Herod's pig than to be one of Herod's sons. That's why we are told here in the scriptures that when the Magi appeared and started looking for the signs of the promised Messiah in Jerusalem, that King Herod was disturbed along with all Jerusalem. And so it was in this panic state that Herod quickly told his chief priests and his, his scribes, the learned people, to search the scriptures to find out what they said about this king to be born. Sure enough, they found in the prophet Micah that the king Messiah would be born in David's town, in Bethlehem. Well, what were the signs for the Magi? First, it seems as though the Lord gave the Magi something that was critical, and that was a seeking heart. Somehow they knew that something was missing in their hearts and in their lives. There was an important piece of the puzzle, so to speak, of their lives that wasn't quite there yet. Romans 1.20 reminds us about the natural knowledge of God that we see as we look around, as we see God's creation, as we see the beauty of uh, even relationships. And yet the Magi realized that there had to be something more to the personal God who cared about them. And so they asked the Magi, where is the one? Uh, the Magi asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? And this question shows that they realized that there was something missing. It's interesting to me that the very first question of the Bible happens in Genesis chapter 3 after Adam and Eve fell into sin. And remember they're hiding, they're trying to hide from God. You can't hide from God. And so God kind of plays along a little bit and he says, where are you? I remember when my dad came home from church sometimes, he would come in the door and he would go, Vobisdu, where are you? He knew where we were. God knows where we are too. But it's interesting that, that, that this question is turned around. Instead of God asking it to his people, 
Here we have these learned outsiders, these Gentiles, asking, where are you, God? Well, they, fo they then followed the sign that God provided. As learned people, scientists, astronomers who studied the skies, they realized that there was this one unusual star. And so they followed it. Verse 2 tells us that when they got to Jerusalem, they said, we saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. And then later after talking with Herod, there was the sign again. It says, and they went on their way and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. These magi didn't miss the signs from God. When they were led to the place where Jesus was, our text tells us in verses 10 and 11, it says they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. With God's help and with his direction, they sought the signs, they noticed the signs, and they followed the signs. God had given, given them the signs to find the king of the universe, of course, who would grow up to take away the sins of the world. Were they changed? Were they different people? Well, we might wonder if they, if they thought at all, if it was all worth it, all the trouble that they had gone to, to find this king of the Jews. Well, in our text, we notice some of the important differences that were caused in their life as they encountered Jesus, the Son of God. First of all, it says once again that they were overjoyed in verse 10. The leading of, the, of, of, of God, the sign that they were led by the star, led them to where Jesus was, and it says that they were overjoyed. Another thing that happened, it says, then they bowed down and they worshipped him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. This is not the response that is given to just anyone, but only to the true God. And then what did they do? They offered Jesus their most prized possessions. Verse 11, they presented him with their gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And lastly, they were changed people. Verse 12 tells us that having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Literally and figuratively, they went home different. They were changed people. Having beheld the promised Savior of the world and then having worshipped him and offering their gifts, they went home with this immense over-the-top joy. And as the Bible says of people who meet Jesus personally by faith, that we are new creations, and that's what they were. Well, what about for you and me? Does God give us any signs of his presence or of his power, of his love, of his peace in our lives today? A lot of people are looking for those signs. Well, I'm here to tell you that God delights to give signs that lead to him. Scripture reminds us that he is our good shepherd and we are his sheep. And he wants to lead us and guide us and direct us. Jesus says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my father's hand. Well, instead of leading us by a star, God leads us through the power of his word. The word given to us in the revealed scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. 
That's why Paul could write in 2 Timothy 3.16, he could say, all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful so that the person of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, the Holy Scriptures are impregnated with the divine seeds of life as we are led to Jesus Christ as our Savior. And those seeds of Scripture, they spring life into us, and not only into us, but through us. And like the Magi, as we are led to Jesus Christ through the signs of God's Word, we find joy in Him. We too are changed as our sins are forgiven, as we have a hope that is beyond anything that this world offers, that we are new creations in Him, and we know that one day we're going to be with the Lord forever in heaven. So that now we too travel by, we walk by, we live by a different route in this new year of 2021. We place our confidence and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one fruit of the Holy Spirit that is especially evident here in our text with the Magi. Verse 10 says that they were overjoyed. Now, the Greek word, words that are used are actually three words to describe this. The first word is mega. That's self-evident. It's mega, over the top. The other word is translated exceedingly. And what, we, what do we get when we encounter Jesus Christ as our Savior in His Word? We get this over-the-top, exceedingly mega joy. Recently, I was asked, Pastor Luther, do you have any New Year's resolutions for this 2021? And as I've thought about that, one of my hopes, one of my dreams for this new year is that God would give me more of this exceedingly mega joy. Yes, uh, some of our travel vacations are still on hold and we still face COVID restrictions. The vaccine the distribution seems to be going more slowly than, than was promised. Uh, many things are not back to normal, whatever normal is. On top of that, I'm getting older body's kind of wearing down and we can make a long list of things that just aren't quite right right now and yet by God's grace I'm praying that nothing will take away my joy because I know Jesus as my Savior and knowing that God has taken care of my greatest need by sending his son Jesus to save me from my sins I'm absolutely sure that God's got everything else under control I can trust him, and so can you. Being able to slow down and, and worship him freely as my Lord, being able to offer him my gifts, my treasures, of first of all, myself and, and my time and my talents, and yes, my, my resources. All that I have and all that I am, I bring to the Lord, and it gives me this exceedingly mega, over-the-top joy. Don't miss the signs. You know, it's one thing to miss a sign, an exit sign on the freeway. That's frustrating. But how tragic it would be to miss the clear signs of God's love and joy in His Son, Jesus Christ. And so by God's grace, we have a clear vision of Jesus today. And by His grace, may we find that over-the-top, exceedingly mega joy. Amen.